Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the question and answer session that follow my talk about the bunkers in Season of the Worthy. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can probably catch me live right now. I'm usually live when these hit the feeds. If you're wanting to listen to these episodes as a podcast, you can search for SNTR Presents on every podcast platform and you should be able to find it. If you're on YouTube, hit and like, share, subscribe, and the bell button. That does help me out. I appreciate everybody that's been leaving nice comments, especially those that are enjoying the split screen coverage of games. More of that on the way. First question from T-Funk. I know we are just diving into Warmind mods, but do you think that this could ruin the experience of others or should have a cooldown? Yeah, I saw some feedback this morning that folks were saying, you know, the Warmind cells are blowing everything up. It's really, really hard to get bounties done. This is where I think the issue is not Warmind cells. The issue is bounties. We all, I, I kind of always feel like we need to be careful of attributing blame on the wrong thing. Bounties at their core haven't been that great for a while, and Warmind cells are kind of exposing that. If somebody's playing through content really efficient, efficiently and killing everything and moving fast, that should not be like a, a detriment to your experience. Like, think about how backwards that is. Man, I was playing with a guy today. Dude, he was blowing everything up, killing everything. I, I that, And somebody, you'd expect the next sentence to be, it was awesome, man, it was so fun, instead of, it really sucked. I didn't get any of my bounties done. It's like, wait, what? Like, record scratch, like, what? Why? Why is that a problem? I think bounties at their core need to be retooled. If I'm playing with somebody who's cracking off a really good build and they're throwing grenades or their melee or war mine cells or whatever, that should not be a hindrance to my progression. Bounties need to be retooled. You or your fire team. They should be more generic. Um, I I don't know. I don't I don't think bounties need to be so narrow. At their core, bounties are driving players apart, and that is there is nothing else to call that that's dumb it shouldn't be that way I should never feel like I need to break apart from my teammates or, or go play by myself in a lost sector it, just, it shouldn't be that way so don't attribute blame on the war mine cells attribute blame where it's deserved which is the bounty design um, thank you IZX3 for 10 months of subs welcome back trials casting is awesome oh thank you KTOMS32 what is worth doing from the past, if I'm coming back to Destiny, last I played was Forsaken. It's really hard for me to say. I mean, if you played in Forsaken, Shadowkeep is worth playing, and the present season has got some great stuff in it. You can't buy Season of Dawn. It's gone. Uh, that's one of the detriments of the current system, is if you skip a season, you literally can't get it. You can't go do any of the things or get any of the things. They're going to have to think about how to bring any of that stuff back. So, I think Shadowkeep is worth it. I think Shadowkeep's awesome. Um, somebody asked about my glasses. I don't know if you got an, an answer. These are gamer advantage glasses. They sent them to me. I'm having noticeably better sleep and feeling more refreshed in the morning. I'm not exaggerating. They're not paying me to say that. We're not in a contract or anything. They just sent me a complimentary pair of glasses. It actually took them a while to get them right, uh, unfortunately, with the prescription and stuff. But they're good. They're great. And I actually have noticed, like, I am, I feel like I'm sleeping better because my back's been sore which means I'm not moving all night like I'm very stiff in the mornings and I feel more refreshed it's easier to wake up I do feel like they're having a benefit they block blue light and it's supposed to help your REM cycles Uh, so that would be my advice to you though is to get Shadowkeep in the present season that's plenty to do Zareason Given how bunkers feel a bit like an auto-generated dungeon, any chance Bungie dwells into this, oh, delves into this later on. The system that they currently build their content in and the engine that they use, I don't think that that's a possibility. 
I don't think they can do auto-generated anything. Um, the only thing that feels somewhat auto-generated is stuff like Sundial in the Infinite Forest. Those are pre-existing pieces that that match in different ways. So you have like pieces A, B, C, and D. And one run might be A, C, D. Another one might be A, B, D. Like, they'll, they mix and match which ones you're doing, which ones are connected. So, they can't do randomly generated stuff, though. Xbox Tough Guy. Do we have any idea what the Moon Bunker will bring for upgrades? We, it, no, it's a complete surprise. If it's been data mined, I've not, uh, I've not seen it. So, glasses. Yeah, I don't have a command yet. Um... I believe in the product and have no problem uh, promoting it, but I'm not going to put like commands and advertisements on the channel until we're in some sort of an agreement or contract. I've got commands for things like Reebok, Micro PC. You know, these are things that I'm in I'm in contract with, and it makes more sense. Uh, which honestly, the Micro PC is amazing, and the Reebok shoes are amazing too. But again, those are things that I agreed to. We're gonna, I think we're going to talk to Gamer Advantage because I do really like the glasses. Um, so, yeah, we have no idea what the Moon Bunker upgrades will bring, but that is tomorrow, so we'll know after tomorrow. Uh, Big Chill 83 do you believe Bungie could have so much more, done so much more with the bunkers? What would you have done differently? I would do less bounty focus. I would have made it clear what what's, like, the actual benefits. Like, the the grind, I don't know. I feel like the grind to, to get all the, the things is good, but it wasn't really explained and it is super bounty focused so I would maybe trim down the bounty focused nature and I would have done like an opener sort of tutorial that would have been like do this do that it would it's really simple we don't have to be obnoxious and handholdy with a quest it's literally go to the bunker okay I'm at the bunker okay grab some bounties okay I grab some bounties okay complete the bounties okay okay buy some upgrades right the quest might have done that maybe it was on me maybe I wasn't really paying attention it didn't really seem to put it out in front of my face also it was kind of hard to understand there was level one two and three upgrades and I, I didn't really understand why I should or shouldn't buy particular ones in what particular order I mean, maybe that's what they want you to do is have your own self-discovery, your own research of like, oh, this one lowers the cost, so I'm going to invest in this one first, and then that's going to make the subsequent upgrades easier. Oh, this one's going to help with legendary lost sectors. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, At its core, the experience that it brings, I think, is good, but I think I would have toned down the presence of like bounties, or I, I continue to think this. If bounties were retooled, as we said at the beginning of this Q&A, then some of these other things wouldn't be as problematic. Does that make sense? Bounties aren't aren't bad as bounties. It's because they drive you apart from other players. If bounties were more automatically completing from just running the public event or going into a legendary lost sector, you know? Have you seen Ginzor's pinned tweet? Is this about the exotic that we predicted, the slug thrower? When we saw that in the trailer. I mean, I guess they data mined it, or is there something new that he pinned? more weekly instead of daily bounties I have no problem with weekly and daily maybe make them objectives oh Felwinter's lie has been data mined really interesting hmm um I, I objectives would be cool like you would report to the bunker and be like what do I have to do this week because the bunker is scanning the area it's like what are you doing what are you working on so clearing the bunker would be one objective uh running a couple legendary lost sectors would be another daily objective uh 
public events would be a daily objective. There could be weekly objectives. These aren't bounties you're throwing in your inventory. These are not bounties that can be ruined by playing with other players, but they would give you a sense of progression. You're almost like reporting to the bunker as an NPC and what you're working on for them. I think weekly and daily objectives would be dope because it would feel like a bounty, but it wouldn't be like, well, I better not play with anybody else. No, I'd be like, no, I can play with you. It doesn't matter. It's just an objective that's just automatically happening. The ornament for Felwinters has been found. The weapon hasn't been found yet. Well, I mean, if it walks like a duck, you know, if it's a raincoat made for a duck, there's probably a duck coming. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They're making an ornament for it. It's probably on the way. I don't know if the raincoat on the duck makes sense, but that's where my mind went. Like a little cute raincoat for a duck. If I saw that, it'd be like, are you planning on getting a pet duck? I'm taking this too far. Sorry. Four months from Ghost Killer. Thank you. 26 months from Nor. Siva is coming. Do you think so? Thank you. Uh, it's Rondo. With regards to the champion ability spam, how about updating the subclasses with lethal and tactical nades, suppress, stun, stagger, blind. This would help the other classes who don't have those grenades now like Sentinel, Striker, Night Stalker. Well, you gotta make them susceptible to them. I can't blind a champion with my with my uh, Wendigo. I can't. If I could blind or suppress a champion, I would. Right? Maybe that's a new mod. Maybe we need mods for that. That's a great idea for Bungie. Take all the champion mods for primaries, yank them out of the artifact, make them standard, and start adding mods for shotguns, grenade launchers, rocket launchers, snipers, and those allow you to suppress or blind champions. They would be champion mods that would enable you to to do just that. To basically suppress, blind, or shut them down or something. If I could suppress a champion, holy moly, that'd be great. Boom! No, you're not going to teleport around, you frick. Boom. No, shut your tether off. Stop protecting all those enemies. Imagine being able to snipe that servitor. You you, you line up the shot. You're like, where is he? Where is he? Boom. And you land the sniper shot. Maybe you have to wait a second for the round to heat up. You hit him, and it, it disables his abilities for a little bit. And all of a sudden, he can't tether all those enemies around him. And then your buddies can kill the enemies. And now you can move in on the servitor. That's creating... What I think is good about champions and champion mods that presently is getting, I believe, undercut by ability spam and stomp. I think ability spam and stomp is completely short-circuiting how good champions and champion mods could be. It, I, it's like anti-barrier takes way too commit, way too much commitment, and they can spam the frick out of your face, even though they're shielded and healing. Just give them everything. By the way, I'm shielded. I'm healing. Oh, and I can spam you and kill you. It's like, can they at least maybe not shoot when they're doing that? I don't know. Um, also, the teleporting captains, the the servitor that can tell her everybody around him, and he just constantly keeps doing it. You can't stop him. If you give me a way to stop them from doing that, that's a choice I make in my loadout. I am choosing to run that particular gun heavy, okay? You know, it, it would be if I if I can get that and then mitigate that pain in the content, I would do it, right? I would do it. I would run that, and then that that's that's satisfying, right? That that's a satisfying thing. That makes it feel like I'm planning strategizing and I'm seeing an efficiency benefit in the game instead of what we do right now is we just get irritated or we we try and spam from far away or we try and completely override champions like we did with Izanagi's and Divinity. We're just trying to get all the way around it because it doesn't feel like I can do something in the actual game. Shock Reef. 
do you think with the new release of trials is it enough to hold the season or uh to the end will it last trials right now is not getting good engagement i mean it's getting it's well i would say this it's getting okay engagement we would hope for better engagement this week i think really hurt first week you had the artifact that hurt more casual players probably didn't want to go in there this week i don't think anomaly is translating well into destiny 2 I don't know what kind of internal testing they did, but I think Anomaly is an absolute chaotic cluster mess, and it's unsatisfying for both... Well, it's, it's unsatisfying for everybody, okay? So hardcore players, mid lane players, and casual players, it's really hard to enjoy Anomaly. It's just a disaster. It, I don't think it plays well, okay? And then, everybody was farming for the shotgun. So, all your stacked, sweaty teams were running first three or four games, resetting card. First three or four games, resetting card, because they were trying to get the shotgun. Because the smaller your loot pool, the more likely you're going to get the shotgun from token slamming. So they were all going for god roll shotguns, which means everybody was getting trapped on the lower end of the card which is not how it's supposed to go the beginning of the card is supposed to be more lighthearted and fun it's great to farm your bounties and your tokens and you're getting freaking steamrolled by and I love them we're going to shout cast them but I mean if you face a team like Drewski, Kami and Sides I mean come on and they're constantly on the lower end of the card I think that's damaging to the playlist I'm not faulting them I'm going to call on Bungie to rethink some of this you got to figure some of this out you know players are going to do this you can't fault the player for going for a god roll shotgun what, what are you supposed to tell Drewski and Kami and Sides really talented players that want to run trials every weekend yeah there's an effective farm right now for the shotgun but don't do it come on that's unreasonable you can't expect them to not do that it's not. It, it, Bunch needs to rethink this. Now, as time goes on, it'll be harder to do this. They were striking now while the iron was hot because the loot pool's smaller and you could more effectively farm for the shotgun. As the weeks go on, it'll be harder and harder to do this and eventually it'll stop. But also the disconnects and the error codes. We need a quality of life patch yesterday. I mean, they have got to do something. You got Dr. Lupo, one of the biggest streamers on the Twitch platform, and he can't even play your game. And I know people are like, but he could have gone into his router settings and open ports and tried to figure it out. Yep, that's what I want to do when I'm streaming in front of tens of thousands of people trying to win video games. That's what I want to do. I want it to turn into a tech support stream because your freaking game can't keep me connected, and yet somehow it keeps other people connected. I know that it likely has something to do with his ISP or the ports needing to open or whatever because they just made all these changes, but for the love of frick, like you can't have somebody that size literally unable to play your game. That's terrible. That doesn't look good at all. How many people saw that and were like, well, I'm not touching trials this weekend. You had people not even getting loot. You had people going going to the lighthouse and not even getting loot. You know? And yeah, not everybody doing the port forwarding thing is even fixing it. I just, I don't know. I, it, 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 they have got to get in front of this now. I said, I said, before the season launched, the two primary concerns we had was cheating and people seeing bad experiences it's a big pr problem to watch really large streamers have a bad experience thankfully the first weekend wasn't too bad and it kind of was like a both and it was like yeah it's kind of sucky that cheaters are happening but bungie's looking strong by showing up in the chats and banning people right away now now all we're seeing if they even get into a game and nobody error messages the only cheating and, and manipulation i was seeing was lag switchers people basically making themselves lag so they can go get reses i've seen it multiple times you got a high you got a high level player like crafty and lupo and a 1v1 the person lags 
they disappear and they get a res and it's like wait what the frick so if you're lagging that bad that you're running into a wall how'd you manage to go get a res cheater like come on these people are cheating scum there's no way you're seeing people consistently all of a sudden when it's a 1v1 the per oh, oh lag perfectly times 1v1 probably gonna lose and then they lag and not only do they lag, but they're able to lag and get a res. These people are cheating scum. Get them out of here. They should be put in probation. Your connection's too inconsistent to be able to play. Even if it's legitimate, get the frick out of here. The integrity of the match should not be corrupted by your potato internet or your lag switch. Get out of here. You should immediately get kicked when that kind of thing happens. It should be like, now wait a minute. You're do- something's going on here. Your internet is either a freaking string between cans or you're cheating. Either way, you have no business being in the playlist. Get out of here. So, a lot of things hurt Trials this weekend. It's really unfortunate to see literally like, what, the second weekend of Trials a, a, a map that's not translating well to D2, a rise in error codes, and people farming the bottom half of the card. It's like, I don't know. When I lag, I die. Right, anytime my connection acts up and I lag, I don't get to run around the map and get a free res. I end up dying because I can't tell what's going on. If you're lagging and benefiting, dollars to donuts, I'm going to put chips on the table, you're cheating. You're never going to lag and consistently benefit unless you're a cheater. That's like not a thing that happens. Like, like come on. How I've been playing video games online since Rise of the Triad. Lag does not benefit the player. And if it does, it's really, really rare and not that noticeable. It's like, well, I don't know. It was a little bit harder to kill because he lagged. But when you're lagging and getting reses, you're doing something. You are you are 100% doing something fishy. Remorse91. Do you think the moon bunker will be just as grindy as EDZ? Or do you think the bunkers will be get progressively less grindy uh, the way Dawn got less grindy? I have no idea, Remorse. I don't see a reason for them to do that. Ginger 300. Do you think Destiny would benefit uh, from a weak point mechanic similar to Doom? For example, shooting a certain point of the captain caused them to lose their ability and teleport. I had this idea for uh, for snipers. You could have critical snipers that could do what you're doing is which it would be better than a critical hit. It would have a critical spot on the enemy. So the shoulder of a captain, the knees of a of a centurion, right? This would be better than a crit. And if you highlighted them, waited for the over like waited for the sniper to kind of like ready up and analyze, it might take a couple seconds, kind of like box breathing. But then once you had it locked in, you could be like boom knee, boom knee, boom shoulder. And they would be they would be an increased damage sort of thing. Or in this case, like you're saying, maybe it disables their ability to teleport. I like the idea of it being like a, a champion mod. You could call the champion mod um, Suppressor. And if you put champion mod, like Suppressor on a grenade launcher, a sniper, sword, rocket, machine gun, it suppresses the enemy and they can't spam their ability. They can't tether. The servitor can't tether and protect the enemies and make them immune. The captain and the minotaurs can't teleport. You know what I'm saying? Like, knights wouldn't be able to put up their little black shield. I think that'd be great to be like, hey, we, we got new champion mods. Because, truth be told, you wouldn't want to just be like, oh, here's more anti-barrier. Here's more... Here's more... Uh, Here's more anti-barrier overload and unstoppable. And now it's on this. And now it's on that. I don't know. 
I had a dude last week net limiting for raid challenges and his internet was so crap he ended up lagging himself multiple times and when we finally finished he lagged out serves him right for cheating right I yeah, net limiting has been around since like black ops 2 remorse before trials launch you preach about giving casuals incentive to do trials do you believe that they achieved that I can tell you I'm not a sweat and I did not find this weekend very fun for my first trials experience I believe they succeeded in motivating casuals into trials. The different passages, awesome. Excellent decision, good innovation. The token earn rate, awesome. Bounties, great. It's it is. It's really it's it's there are multiple lanes to make it like, hey, come play trials. This weekend was an absolute cluster. Anomaly I don't think is translating well in D1. I don't know who they had test this in the background. Like if crap, I, I don't know. I don't know what Crafty thinks, but this is one of his favorite maps, if not his all-time favorite map. So I don't know what Crafty thinks, but I'd be curious what Crafty's feedback was if he played this privately against really, really aggressive teams, because it doesn't seem like even the best of players are enjoying it that much. Now I know some of them are trying to put on like a positive look of like just adapt, just get better. I know Kenny Vaccaro agreed with me when I said. It's not a map of strategy planning or map control. It's a map of adaptation. You literally are just reacting constantly. Ah, I don't know if people like that that much. It it kind of feels like it feels like you're. I don't know. It feels a little rock paper scissors. It feels like a chaotic mess. Crowdy said he wouldn't do double carries on anomaly. Well, I mean, he wasn't having a great time doing double carries on burnout. I mean, unless things really turned around when I covered him, he was having a really hard time. Um. Anomaly is good. The problem is hard light. Too many corners. Golden, the maps I saw that went poorly and were a cluster were because of shotgun rush, not hard light. I know hard light's there. I'm not going to say hard light doesn't need addressed. I'm not going to hang Anomaly's problems on a. I'm not going to hang it on the hard light. I think there's more to it than that. I think shotgun rushing. I mean, Mindbenders is right underneath it for most kills. I mean, it's it's. I don't know. The shotgun rush is way, way, way bigger of a problem, I think. I think hard light's just there because so many people play games one through three and just spam the hard light. I think once you get into the actual harder fights, teams that just W key shotgun are so hard to play against. Um, The map's claustrophobic, but you can control the map with a sniper rifle. I will say that Sonic, Lumi, and Vince were controlling the map, and Sonic's snipe game was one of the reasons why. He was getting some nice picks, and that really slows things down. But it is really tough to do. I would say it's harder to do than Burnout. Snipe game. Block guy. What do I do now after I finish my powerfuls to increase power level? What do you do now? Uh, to level? So if you're done with your powerfuls, you would backfill and then do pinnacles. Backfilling meaning run until all of your items are no longer going up. So if you do a bunch of powerfuls and your boots and your shotgun are like behind, you can grind until you get boots or shotgun to drop at your level and now they've kind of backfilled and then go do your pinnacles. Shift into gear. Is there a way to make seasonal destiny content that isn't a grind at all or is the grind so inherent to this model that that's all we're going to get? I was glad you submitted this question because I do think it's a pretty good question. I think at a very, very sort of general, you know entry level that's destiny destiny is grindy it is pursuing good gear it is leveling it is you know doing bounties it's always been that way i don't think we can take the grind out of destiny now what we can take out of destiny's grind is the futility and the frustration 
So targeted farming, smart RNG and leveling. So just today I got a prime and it hit my mark. Didn't help me. Had another powerful drop. Hit my mark. Pulled a legendary Ingram from the seasonal pass. It hit my class item. Like, frick you. Seriously. Like, I'm trying to level. Stop doing that. One out of five armor pieces can drop. And you keep dropping the same one. And the same dadgum thing happened on my Titan. I got four or five arms in a row. Why are you doing that to the player? How dumb is that? That's stupid. You have systems you could execute upon to protect me from that garbage. Get it. Come on. Get out of here with that. You know? I, the loot propensity is, is so frustrating in leveling. So my answer to you is the grind is not the problem. It's the futility and the frustration. When someone feels like they have no power over their destination, if you have no power over your destiny, no pun intended, you're going to get irritated. Man, I just want to get this gun to drop. I just want to get this gun so I can get some god rolls and try to get some decent rolls on it, right? I just want to level. It's not the grind, it's the futility. That's why Ada, Ada Bounties and the Menagerie and the generosity of Sundial and the generosity of X Offensive were generally celebrated because people were like, I can I can get the loot. Uh, you, let's say you're a two hour a night player. Well, I don't really care about getting the absolute best god roll. I just got a cool version of this weapon and I'm happy. Mid lane player. I'm going to focus on this this week. I'm going to try and get a god roll, you know? Hardcore player. I'm going to play this every day, every night until I get the god roll that I want. Generosity and targeted farming, I think, has worked well up to this point to empower players to chase the things that they want to chase. I think there's certain elements to the game that are still kind of out of whack where that's why you see people doing what they did with Trials. There's no way to target farm the shotgun in Trials of Osiris. So what did people do? What did they do? They did something that was divergent and anomalous to the actual flow of of a Trials card. They were like, well, I'm just going to farm the bottom half and token slam. Why? Because there's no sensible way to farm for the shotgun. This is a brute force, strange um, player divergence. It's What are people doing? Well, it's the best way to farm for it. So Bungie has to always ask that question. If you're going to dangle a weapon or a leveling path or any pursuit, doesn't matter what it is, if you're going to dangle a triumph or a title in front of somebody, you can't have it be feudal and frustrating with respect to RNG. I opened 20 packages, got one shotgun. Yeah, even this farming method is super lame and inferior to almost all other farming methods in the game. You're going to let me buy a frame? You're going to let me buy a frame in a bunker? You're going to let me buy frames from the obelisks? But you can't... Why aren't there frames for trials weapons? Now, maybe they'll do that later in the season. I don't know. I kind of would have started off with a bang, you know? I kind of would have started off with a bang and gave people intentionality what if yeah what if every flawless run gave you three frame tokens and that's how you got trials frames dude no you want to go flawless why i'm gonna get three guaranteed shotguns i can buy three of the frames and i can grind those frames while playing trials so people are naturally doing what they're supposed to do players like cammy drewski and sides would have been like let's hang on let's do the math here we know we can go flawless if we go flawless we get three if we token slam and hang out on the bottom half of the card we might get one 
Like, let's let's do the guaranteed three. Flawless all weekend. Save up those tokens. Woo, yeah. And then you buy a bunch of frames and do them all. I don't know. I, to me, Bungie always have to consider that. If you're going to give somebody in a, a, a target, a pursuit, a pursuit comes in all shapes and sizes. A title, a weapon, leveling. These are all pursuits. You got to remove the futility because that's why do you think people hang out in the lost sector? Why do you think people farm the bottom half of a trials card? Why are they doing things that are not natural to the game flow? Why? Because of futility. They don't want to waste their time. Devil's Advocate, if they get the roles they want, they will potentially stop playing. I always appreciate Devil's Advocate. I think that's a pretty weak Devil's Advocate. Generally speaking, in PvP, when they get a god roll, they want to use it. They don't spend hours going for a Mindbenders to be like, well, got it, check that box. No, they get Mindbenders and they go into the Crucible and they use it. This new shotgun, people are saying the same thing. Let me get this shotgun, do this thing's a beast. Why? So they can use it. I would say the exact opposite happens when people grind for something really, really, really strong, especially, especially in a PvP environment. There's almost nobody that does that. Now, genius, I will give you some credit because that's probably true with respect to raids. Like if I got a lot of loot intentionality in a raid and after like three weeks, I got all the god roll weapons. Well, yeah, I don't really have a reason to go run the raid, but that's exactly why you need a normal and a hard raid. That's exactly why you need a raid NPC with really, really cool ornaments for the weapons or the armor. So like I have a reason to grind the raid more than just a couple of times to get all the god rolls, right? What you're saying can be applied in some instances, but I don't think it can be applied in trials. I, I, I think what you're saying has some, some truth to it, but I don't think it applies in trials. Not at all. Definitely not trials. The Duck. Do you think the bunkers could replace Gambit? Absolutely not. WD Prescott. The place of Dawn, Season of Dawn, was faster and there were story notes that gave momentum to what we were doing in the activities. Do you think the lack of real lore in-game is making the grind more apparent or that is more like a positive reinforcement last season in the absent hampers the drive? I mean, here's the thing. I don't think we can compare Season of Dawn and Season of the Worthy be like, oh, there was so much more story and lore in the game, it made things better. There was like, what, two story missions? And it was, uh, what? What did we do in those story missions? We kind of like, what would we go and save Saint, right? Um, this might be true for you, Prescott. Maybe that's how you experienced it. For me, and I think the rest of the community, I don't necessarily know if that's true. If folks were like man that the story and the and the, the missions are really really good um to be fair the story missions were fantastic they were good I, hear me out here i'm not saying the saint 14 missions weren't awesome i don't know if that's why season of dawn felt better season of dawn was front heavy as frick you could just grind all the obelisks like by week two i think you could grind all four of them this is more of a time gate trickle more of a drip feed so I don't know if I would attribute it to the story missions they might be part of the big picture but I don't think they are the reason um I would attribute it more to drip feed they're doing a they're doing a much more strict drip feed this season than in season of dawn that would maybe be where where I would put it um people think that dawn was better than this one what the heck 
I think they're both equal and good in their own right. I do think Dawn started off stronger. Dawn had the obelisk grind. Everybody could jump into Sundial if they wanted. You're getting weapons almost right away. This is slow, man. When am I? No, I got no machine gun. I, I haven't seen a sidearm yet. I've gotten a couple SMGs and a bunch of ARs. Um, I don't know. I did. I did like last season. I did. I think this season is starting really slow. I think this season's going to be a slow rev up. But by the time it revs up, that people listen. By the time this season revs up, people might be like, "Nah, I'm good." <laughs> like I- I'm not even playing. You know, I think more people unfortunately might get burned out. The public event space being a 980, the grind being kind of slow and bounty focused again. It's not really explained why you should even be grinding. Legendary lost sectors are not the most fun experiences, especially with the champions and stuff, with the spamming of abilities. I don't know. I actually think the more I played the public event, the less I like it. I actually, the more I look at the public event, the more I think that it just kind of stinks. It, it isn't fun. It's so frustrating to have one mistake or one idiot little enemy step on the platform so then you don't get all six of the balls. It's like, we're not even failing. We're just getting frustrated at the slowness of it. It's like, come on. I don't know. I'm wor- I'm I'm worried about the PVE portion uh, this season because I feel like people are going to be a little bit quicker to say, "Man, I'm three weeks in. I'm just kind of like ugh to this." We'll see how the bunker goes tomorrow. If tomorrow's bunker does something, reinvigorates something, maybe the public space starts to evolve. Maybe the public space event starts to get better. B- maybe Bungie kind of foresaw this. Is like we're building so the first two weeks will be a little oh this is kind of nice and then the next couple of weeks will get better I don't know if the bunkers are going to add that depth or not a little psycho hey Lono do you think the legendary lost sectors will stay after this season as part of Luke Smith's director's cut comment about changing the world we are in and using assets that are already in the game I don't think so no I think they will use the idea again legendary adventures you could do a legendary seasonal strike playlist where there's like four strikes that season that are all different and cool. Then the next season they rotate those four out and four more in. I think there's some brilliance to saying, let's go to content that people don't engage with that much. There's a handful of lost sectors on every planet that we probably rarely go into. And Bungie can make those pretty cool and different or whatever, more challenging. And they could, they could fan this out to adventures in the future. They could fan this out to strikes. I don't think legendary lost sectors have any any, any reason to stay. Um, I, now, in the future, they might do this because Luke Smith did indicate that in year four they wanted to move more toward this direction. So, sure, in the future they could say, "Hey, um, when we make a change like this or do something like this, this is going to stick around. These are going to stick around if you want to run them because that content's already in the game." So, if in September Bungie's like, "Hey, we made." A legendary adventure uh, there's two legendary adventures on these four planets right and they trickle them out the way they did the legendary lost sectors well those could stick around because adventures are already in the game anyway it's not like uh, it's not like the bunker a new destination or sundial a new destination that they have to rotate out because of space ecal the great Regardless of content quality, do you think the main problem is the target audience of the content? An example is your pushback on painful negative modifiers. For me, it's not too painful and I enjoy the challenge as long as the reward is worth it. If I get my way, you won't be the most cheerful and vice versa. I think we can both be happy though, Ecow. I don't think it's this juxtaposed. I think you could get challenging content with modifiers and a, an and a award worthy of your pursuit. 
I feel like I'm taking up for you when I say that the Nightfall, the Grandmaster Nightfall Awards are a joke. Who honestly is going to go into 1060 Delta level content with 12 negative modifiers, five of which they had to hide in one modifier because there's so many, 12 negative modifiers. So you can get an increase in a Senate shard drop. Like who, what, why think about it? At that point, it becomes a time investment question. You might be able to run Master Nightfalls quicker and mitigate the, the increase in drop. If you're going to go up to Grand Master and get an increase, we do know the Grand Master rewards. Yeah, we do. Now, they could have something hidden in their hat that they're not showing us yet, but right now, when you look at Master, it's like, okay, we know what Master is, that's what comes to expect. Common exotic gear, common enhancement prisons, uncommon charge. Come down here, Exotic gear common, ascendant shards common. That's it. That's all you're getting. They bump the drop rate on ascendant shards from uncommon to common. That's it. You get four more negative modifiers and a power delta that's going to make your nose bleed. Who is going to do this? I, I, what? You could probably run this one faster. You could arguably farm the 1000 level and just buy Ascendant Shards easier than farming Grand Master. Or again, if you get good at running Master, because it's 1,030 and you're at the Delta, if I could run two or three of these in the time I run one Grand Master, yeah, Triumph Hunters is probably it, exactly. Grand, again, I'm taking up for you, Ecal. If you're that minded player, if you want to go in and get your teeth kicked and your nuts stepped on, like that's fine. You can do that. You can go into hard content and you can have that experience. Awesome. Go in there and do it. But I'm taking up for you. I'm not even the type of player that wants to do that, but I'm definitely going to take up for you and be like, dude, these awards are a joke. The carrot has to justify the journey. If the carrot doesn't justify the journey, it's defunct. It doesn't make any sense. It, it, it doesn't even seem like it should exist. We, we've had this problem for a while. Currently going flawless in trials. Look at what happened to trials on the weekend. Two weekends in the trials and what happens? You give people zero freaking reason to go flawless. Almost zero reason to go flawless. And what do they do? They farm the bottom half of the card in token slam. Why? We're, we're, we're in the same boat and trajectory that we've always been in. And he's like, here's this really hard mountain to climb. Cool, what's up there? Uh, some nice scenery. Uh, a free postcard. You're like, what? I'm going to buy the postcard from the gift shop. Why am I going to climb this dadgum mountain? I don't want to do that. That sounds awful. What's it going to be like? Oh, it's going to be terrible. You're going to skin your knee. You'll be short of breath. You'll fall down a bunch. It's going to take a really long time. And the reward's kind of mediocre. Like We've got to get beyond this. Listen, this is why when Luke Smith in his director's cut talked about refueling aspiration, he talked about making legendary gear that's truly worth chasing, stuff that's best in their classification. I'm like, yes, you need to do that. You need to do that. There's no right now there's no reason to go flawless. <laughs> Other than to do it, it certainly is cool and I like that they let you go flawless more than once a week so you can just keep grinding. But they they have to sort this out. They've got to sort it out. Grandmaster Nightfall raids um Grandmaster Nightmare Hunts going flawless in trials. 
all of that needs to be considered when they're thinking through refueling aspiration and giving people awards that are truly worth it whether it's adept weapons or synergistic perks or curated roles you can't get anywhere else there has to be something wasn't that pinnacle weapons though Uh, but pinnacle weapons were a band-aid that didn't even land right Pinnacle weapons were a grind. They weren't even like, oh, you have to go into a dungeon or a grandmaster or a trials. No, you just grind. Now, the recluse was arguably pretty difficult and the mountaintop was pretty painful to get. But again, all that did was create problems because those were best in class weapons that completely invalidated every other weapon in the game. Now, with sunsetting, they can do that knowing that the weapon will eventually go away. With the recluse and the mountaintop, it was like these weapons are going to be god tier for forever and now we can't outmatch them. Tony Darko. Do you feel like a complete separation of PvE and PvP in the future for Destiny? I think that if they are going to completely separate them, it'd be in the next game. They can't do it in this game. They've made that clear. Uh, Ice Creamy says, Yo, Lono, I saw your casting stuff on Twitter, found it awesome, and it brought me here. How do you think your casting show differs from the casting segments that Dr. Disrespect does? I'm actually good at casting. I've seen clips of Doc. He just memes and makes fun of people. I'm actually good at it. He's joking around. Like, now listen. I think Guy Beam, if he if he stopped if he stopped doing his bit, I think he could probably do an amazing job. But he's just messing around. He's just goofing. He's not taking it serious. I'm giving you a professional level casting desk. I've been contracted to do professional casting. I, you know what I'm saying? I got all kinds of love for the doc. You guys know I'm a huge doc fan, but the clips I've seen of him, I'm like, this isn't very good. He's just goofing around. He's making fun of people like, and it's entertaining. Listen, you have to understand something. Doc is still entertaining. Even when he's doing something bad, if he's playing poorly or he's casting poorly, doesn't matter. His format's perfect. It's impenetrable. It's, it's, it's always entertaining. Even if he's doing a bad job. When his voice cracks, when he's angry, slamming the desk, he's still delivering Doc. He's still delivering entertainment. But if you watch me, you're going to get intense play-by-play casting that sounds like something that you'd hear on a professional-level network. That's what I'm going for. This is why I'd love to work with the Doc. I feel like we could give you the best of both worlds. I feel like we could do something that nobody else is doing. But... I don't have any way to get into contact with him. I'm not verified. I can't get his attention. Like, he's liked a few of my tweets here and there, but we've never actually gone back and forth. You know? What about Paladin Amber? Um, I've got some ideas of things that... I, I, I There's people like her that I want to reach out with and maybe work with in the future on some things, because I think she's really, really funny and good at ad-lib, but I've not seen her do any casting. So... People are going to clip that and send that to the doc. Morris, do you think this season has more hope as it progresses? I was extremely turned off yesterday when I tried to grind the tower events. I loaded onto the moon, IO, and EDZ, and didn't complete a single one because no guardians and blueberries. It's just terrible. Right. I, I, I think... Here's where I think people are misunderstanding why I was so critical of the public event when it first started. It's lacking some of the basic tenets of seasonal content. It's not match made. There's a power delta and it's failable. What happened? What happened? Vex offensive, match made, right at the power delta of basically all players and not failable. Sundial, anybody can go in and do it. Match made, not failable. What? What what happened? 
Here's your entry-level content. No matchmaking. Failable. And there's a power delta. It It's like, wait, what? Wait a minute. What? This isn't how the season's supposed to go. What is this? This feels like Black Armory. <laughs> like, what? I thought we stopped doing this. I thought people didn't like this. I didn't think this was good for the, the, the general player base. And here we are, yet again, in content that... You could fail Sundial? No, you couldn't. You could fail Legend. You can't fail Sundial. It was like Menagerie. What? You had to try to fail. You No way. How could you fail Sundial? It eventually fills and takes you to the boss. What are you talking about? Sundial and Vex Offensive were not failable. It was like Menagerie. They were not failable events. That's the whole reason. You failed once. If you failed Sundial, I, what did you do? Put the controller down? You just wipe forever in Sundial? You literally do not go back to orbit with no rewards. You eventually complete Sundial. You could fail on Legend. You could not fail normal Sundial. That's like almost... Imp- I don't even know if you can try... You couldn't even do it if you tried. Doesn't it eventually just pull you forward? In any case, I, I think some people are misinformed about the experience that they had. You could not fail. You, you can't fail Sundial. If you did, it was it was few and far between. If you don't fail after three rounds, you were sent to the boss. Yeah, it just was sent you to the boss. You can't fail Sundial. It was literally Menagerie 2.0. It doesn't matter. Okay, Vex Offensive and Sundial were built in a way that match made and kind of just like, you just go in and play it and grind it. Like... No, you could not fail Vex Offensive either. The the whole structure of Menagerie, Vex Offensive, and Sundial was you can't fail. Hardcore teams complete it faster. Bad teams complete it slower. A spectrum of efficiency rewarding players for more. They, they get more the more they put in. It's a perfect system. In walks, Seraph Tower public events. No matchmaking. Wait, what? You can fail it. Wait, what? A blueberry can ruin your experience. Wait, what? The most minor of mistakes slows the whole process down. Wait, what? Like, at every level, the Seraph Tower public events are a betrayal of what they've done up to now. You couldn't fail Vex Offensive or Sundial. You guys are all misremembering. They were not failable encounters. It would just keep delivering stuff to you so you could fill the meter. It just keeps going. The only one that was failable was Legend. Legend Sundial was failable. That's it. That makes sense. It's, it's a, it, it wasn't match made. <laughs> they were not failable events. I think you could fail Vex Offensive. The boss wouldn't spawn if you took too long. I, I don't know. I, I think people are misremembering. As far as I remember, Vex Offensive and Sundial follow the exact same pattern of Menagerie. Non-failable, match made, six-man activity. Hockey Dan. Sorry if you went over this. What do you think about making the bunkers lost sectors after the season? That way it feel feels like the world is changing. We've already had this question. I don't think they're staying. Uh, tasting joint. Should we be concerned at all for the future of Destiny? It seems Bungie doesn't have enough resources to make small-scale content for the game, i.e. ritual weapons. I'm afraid they won't be able to keep up in the long run. Not a question. Skipping. Avin J, can you draw any conclusions based on player-based numbers so far with this season, both PvP and PvE? I mean, I ran the numbers for yesterday. 
So it's Monday. So for Sunday, Crucible is in better shape, seven hundred thousand. It's cl- it's climbing closer to a million. Trials is likely to thank for that. Iron Banner will probably help this week as well. PVE is at a one point two mil. Daily player base almost at a one and a half million yesterday. That's really good for a weekend. However. I don't think Trials engagement is is as good as it should be. I think they're going to have to consider some of that. Um, if uh, if if you're going to do Trials, I think they have to consider some of the things that they've done with like, the loot incentive and no, you know nothing for nothing really going for flawless and people grinding the bottom half of the card. Um, the other thing to consider here with PVE is I want to look at the numbers next week. Okay, so my question has always been: Let's get to April second. All right. I think by April 2nd, if my predictions are true, PvE will start falling and falling fast. If this follows the pattern of Black Armory, Drifter, and Opulence, which I predicted it would because of the way they begin began the season, I think on April 2nd, you will see the beginning of a dramatic PvE decline. I really hope I'm wrong. I will be totally open to being wrong. If people have bought into this season, if there were people that didn't like last season and then people that like this season, that's good variety. That's a good dynamic player base. That's probably good in the long run. I happen to think by the time we get to April 2nd, you will see the beginning of a sharp decline and the following weeks, it'll just continue to go down the way it did in season of the forge and drifter and opulence because of the leveling, because of the entry point, because of the content structure. I think people... I think people are just going to continue uh, to go. It literally was a question. I wasn't hating on the game or anything, just a concern. I mean, listen, tasting joint, big, broad concerns like that, that's not a question. How am I supposed to answer, are you concerned that Bungie can't keep up with the development? What, what, what do you want me to say to that? I, they're maintaining over a million players a day, five years into their franchise, delivering more content at a rhythm that they never have done before. And it's rocky and glitch-riddled. So, sure, quality suffering, working from home probably isn't helping. It, th- there's just, I, like, and here's the thing. You've only been following me for a month, so maybe you're not familiar with this. I've been doing Q&A for a really, really long time, and I get tired of those questions. Do you think the game's ultimately going to fail in the long run? What the frick do you want me to say to that? Do you think the game's just going to continue to struggle? Can, do you think Bungie can really manage it? What do you want me to say? It's not a substantive question. It's a big, broad, sky is falling, yes or no question. People will say things like, do you think if, if, if Trials is disappointing that the game's dead in the water? What on earth kind of a question is that? What am I supposed to do with that? That's not even a conversation starter. It's like, it would be like talking to a friend at work and being like, dude, do you think if we don't get this, uh, this Vincent deal that the whole company's going to go up in flames? What are you talking about? No, I don't think that. It like it's just there's I can't interact with it. It's like I it's not that the question is bad, it's that the question has no substance. There's nothing to say other than yes or no. Like I can't engage with it, you know? Ice sender. What happens if the next bunker has different war mine bits to farm? I don't think they're gonna do that. <laughs> Oh, I don't think they're going to do that. I really don't. That would be weird. Hopefully not. I'm saving up for the next one. (laughs) Domo with the next question. More on loot drops. Do you think that raids should drop each an uh, an unobtained loot more common than previously earned loot? I just got my first set of boots on my Warlock from Garden of Salvation after 55 runs. I don't want to go down this rabbit hole. I've given my speech a lot about this. We're slightly pressed for time. I have about 15 minutes before I want to kind of break and get ready to do split screen and do some casting. 
I've given my big speech about raids quite a bit. I think raids need to be completely retooled. The loot needs to be better. And the loot delivery needs to be more thoughtful. One of two things needs to happen. Either let us keep running it, and I think we have a strong impetus to keep running it. I'm going to do a video on this. I think letting people go flawless multiple times is a perfect reason to let us run raids multiple times. It's time to ship that. If they do that, then that's a solution somewhat to your problem. Some level of drop protection or smart RNG could also help. 55 runs and no boots, Lamau. You guys think that's funny? You guys think that's funny? Do you want to laugh at me? Let me show you something. Titan, Endgame, Garden of Salvation, no helmet. I, I ran Garden a lot. How, how many times did I run Garden? Probably in the 30s, right? Never got a Titan helmet. You're going to, I guess, laugh at me then. Right? I just, just never got one. Never happened. Here, Warlock, same thing. Warlock, no chess piece. Come on, laugh at me. Right? This game is a troll sometimes, that's crazy. Right, I, I, I was running, I was running, I was running Garden every week for at least a month, at least a month. I didn't get full armor sets. All those chests. You're opening chests and getting armor. You open chest in the in-betweens and you can get armor. Didn't get the helmet on the Titan? Didn't get the... And those are the two pieces I thought looked the sexiest. I thought the Warlock robes were dope, and I thought that Titan helmet was dope. Didn't get any of them. You gotta do challenge week? Oh, get out of here. I I did a whole round of challenge week. That's how many times I raided. I did the first month, and then once they trotted out challenges, I did all of them. So I ran at least two months worth of garden raids, and I got missing armor pieces. Sort that one out. I mean, come on. You're not in control. You're not in control of what drops. And you can't run... You can only run it three times a week. <laughs> if I could run it more than three times a week, I could have kept going on my Titan until I got one. I could have kept going on my Warlock until I got one. But they don't let you keep running it. You run it three times. All it takes is... It, all it takes is a bad streak. A bad streak of RNG. And you're Dundee. You're Dundee. What are you going to do? Imagine you're, you're the Titan. Where's the helmet drop? At the end? That's one chance. Once a week. <laughs> You know, a month of bad luck, and I'm uh, uh, that's a month, that's a third of the season, and I don't have the helmet. They've got to rethink raids, man. Either let us run them multiple times. I think the best solution is just to let us run them multiple times for non powerful drops. That's the best solution. So then you would do exactly that. You'd be like, well, I didn't get the helmet on my Titan. I'm just going to keep running on my Titan until I get the helmet. The spy who swags. I really like the new weapons, especially with the orbs, which do a ton of damage. Why do you think people are upset with the new weapons? Because they ran to light.gg and Reddit complained, bought into a false narrative. They have great roles. They're strong weapons, and the Warmind cells are brokenly strong. Again, people talk out of both sides of their mouth. I want new perks. I want new perks. And then when they can't get Feeding Frenzy Rampage or Outlaw Rampage, they cry. It's like, wait a minute. I thought you wanted new perks. These are new perks. Now, I fault Bungie you know Lono did it like 8 times this guy is claiming 55 times it's a bit of a difference is it though is it I ran what 48 to get anarchy there were people that ran over 50 times to get anarchy how are you guys are, are, are we destiny players right now or not you guys are actually balking at his claim that he ran it 55 times and didn't get what he wanted where, where, where am I right now? Have you guys played Destiny? These things happen all the time to people. What are you talking about? Look at the 1K voices numbers that people experienced. 
Anarchy has a 5% drop rate. The armor has a minimum 33%. Yeah, but there's no drop rate protection. So every time you go to the source for the helmet, there's an equal chance between the helmet and the other items. In fact, the helmet goes up against two weapons. So it's a 66% chance I'm going to get the garden weapon at the end and a 33%. So it's a lower drop rate chance for the helmet. It of course can happen. So... I know that boots and helmets aren't 1k in anarchy, but again, you guys are acting like this hasn't this doesn't happen to people. People can get really unlucky. It happens all the time. Right, you presume a person is lying. How can we have run it 55 times on his warlock when the raid hasn't been out for a year? It's literally impossible. Um which raid? Garden? Oh yeah, Garden hasn't been out for a year. Okay, so yeah, maybe he is exaggerating the number. How many times could he run it if he runs it every single week? How many weeks has it been since Shadowkeep? Right? Um, was he talking about Shadowkeep? I don't even remember now. Was it a question submitted? Yeah, Garden of Salvation after 55 runs. Well, maybe he's juicing the number, right? Because he might be looking at his total runs, but he's not looking at the total runs on his Warlock. Because if he has all three characters, he could conceivably have run it that many times, but he only gets one chance on the Warlock. Right? I don't think we need to parse his claim. It happens. 20-something runs? Yeah, and if he runs it on all three characters, he could be around 60 runs. So 55 runs is is totally understandable. Maybe he's misunderstanding the fact that, like, you gotta subtract the Titan and the Hunter runs. In any case, we've all had this happen to us. I don't even know how many times I ran it, but I ran it for at least two straight months. I know I did, because I did every single challenge. I, I did every single challenge, and I never got the Titan helmet, and I never got the Warlock chest. I mean, come on, that's evidence enough. Do you really think I should get two months into the season and not have armor pieces? What? Raids don't last that long anymore with relevancy. Just let us run it multiple times. Bremer. Do you think Trials, Iron Banner, and the Crucible in general should have actual post-game drop rewards? I think Iron Banner and Crucible should 100% have post, uh, post-game post rewards. I think trial system is fine because uh, they give you uh, a drop at 3, a drop at 5, and then tokens and bounties. Uh, Parasito. Knowing some structural differences with aspects of the game, it's likely that the UI vendors, quests, and teams, those uh, those teams, operate independently from the activity teams. Is that possibly why the Rasputin interface and bounties are so deep? Guns, bounties, perks, etc. And the Seraph Towers are just a mashup ball of activities. I don't know if I can attribute this to what's going on, Paris, because I'd have to understand the inner workings of Bungie. Given that they are in different teams, sure, but... I, I don't even. I'm not even looking at the at the bunker grind and the UI and the vendors and saying well, the, and using that as an indictment of the public event. I use Vex Offensive and Sundial to indict the public event. Compared to Vex Offensive and Sundial, the Sarah Public Tower event is bad. Even if you say you enjoy it, that doesn't matter. They still betrayed the promises of like match made, non failable accessible seasonal content that that sort of promise has been betrayed by the seraph tower public event and we're right back where we started again with non-match made content it's like 
well, hopefully there's people in the public space. Like, you, you know, you're Eastern and you're playing late at night and there's not a lot of people in your region. You're standing around picking your friggin' nose in the public space, hoping people come wandering in. It's bad. It's bad design. It, I don't understand why they did it the way that they did it. Unless it was all, unless it was like the best they could do. Where's the matchmaking? Like, where's the non-failable nature of it? There's nothing more tilting than failing a public event because somebody in the area either left or messed up or acted dumb like remember failing the uh, the Dreaming City public events do you remember how irritating that was and it was like but that eventually went away now it's like you can still fail you can still have things go go upside down on you because there's just not enough people in the area or they're, or they're playing poorly uh, we were having all kind of weird things happen today and we didn't fail but it just makes it more frustrating it's not even risk of failure it's the elongation of the of the activity I don't know. I hogs. Why is there no intentional grind for a sword this season? We got a world drop one with a new perk, but why no ritual sword or even a Rasputin sword? I can't answer this question. I don't know. I thought there was going to be a sword. It doesn't seem to be the focus. Maybe they wanted to experiment with swords first. Listen, actually, I'm going to go back to your question. When people thought we were going to get an exotic sword this season, I cautioned against that. I said, you know what? I don't think they're going to do that. I think they want to make these changes to swords. They want to see the player response, the player behavior. They want to run the numbers, see how we react, see how much it does to content, see what it does to content, and then they'll do like a ritual or an exotic sword later. I kind of caution folks, like, I don't think they're going to bite off two big chunks. Like, oh, let's make all these fundamental changes to how swords act, and also let's add an exotic or a ritual. Because here's the risk. They could have parallel development happening. So the sandbox team makes changes to the swords and these people over here develop an awesome sword and the two things come together and make and they break encounters or they break the game. Now what do they have to do? They have to dial back and nerf, which would frustrate people. It's probably better to make the change. Listen, I made this argument in past videos. I'm, I'm not changing my position on this. I know people always claim I'm flip-flopping. I, I said this. I said, it's probably better to make these changes Make sure everything's working right, and then come out with a really awesome ritual or exotic sword so they don't have to nerf anything. Parasito. How much of a parallel is there between Rasputin as a vendor and the seasonal focus and Ada? The Seraph Towers are open instance forges with a timer instead of a kill incentive of getting balls. Weapon bounty simplified, currency bounties, special currency, encrypted bits, ETC. Between Rasputin as a vendor and the seasonal focus on Ada... I don't know, Paris. My brain's not connecting a lot of lines here. I think there's similarities between all the things. The bunkers feel kind of like obelisks and a chalice. Uh, The grind feels similar to Escalation Protocol while also feeling similar to Forges. I think there's a lot of lines connected here because there's just a lot of things they're borrowing from other content. Mega Hop. Do you think the season is a filler season? Trials is the most pushed activity and the PvE is rivaling the substance of Season of the Undying. Dawn has noticeably uh, had noticeably more effort put into it in the jump. Do you think Bungie's dedicating efforts toward the big expansion of year four? Maybe that and the summer. Maybe that and the summer. This season feels different. I, I, I think I was wrong in my prediction. I was predicting this season going up in substance compared to the last season. That doesn't seem to have happened. It seems that this is a uh it seems that this is a um uh I have 40 okay it seems like the season is like really really stretched thin dough 
you know, it's dough and they're just stretching it real thin. The bunkers, they don't want you to be able to get into all the bunkers right now because you'd be maxing them all out. You know, they're really stretching the dough thin. I thought this season was going to go up in substance. Um, and it didn't seem to do that. Now, Trials may have played a part. They had to build out the the, the weapons and the armor for Trials. Uh, summer is supposed to be the like no other time in destiny so maybe you know it's only week two yeah but zero to be fair the pattern up to now has been front heavy both shadow keep and season of dawn were front heavy look at the season like just open your director and look at the seasonal the season pass format it's front heavy i'm in the 40s and it's already thinning out you come back here and it's you get so much stuff 1 through 10 11 through 20 you're getting stuff like every other every other hour you're getting stuff and then it thins out here 30 thins out a little bit more 40 thins out a little bit more and then when you get into the 50s once you're at the halfway mark of the season pass it's it thins out severely like half the awards you know it's always been front heavy this season for whatever reason isn't front heavy I'm not saying the sky is falling the game is dying I never take that line of argumentation I'm open to being wrong and the PvE player base sustaining itself I don't think that's going to happen again starting April 2nd and beyond I believe PvE will hemorrhage if I'm wrong great that's good for the player base but my, my predictions about player base behavior and response has been pretty on point up to now and that's a concern that I have it's like, I don't know man this might not work now maybe they did this maybe they said they did that with Drifter. Drifter felt like it limped along, and then all of a sudden Opulence showed up and everybody was really excited. And then Shadowkeep showed up and everybody was really excited. So maybe that's what's going on right now. Maybe they did limp this season along. Maybe they leaned more heavily on the Crucible team for Trials, and the PvE team was lighter, so that in the summer it can be even bigger. I don't know. I really don't. Light leap. Why do you think Bungie focuses on new environments and activities instead of loot? Do you think that the loot updates and uh, and harder difficulties would not be enough to sell a season pass? Seems like loot was the majority is what the majority wants and not something like the bunkers. I don't know if this is an accurate summary of the player base lightly because if you look at the complaints about the content typically what are people asking for? Kind of everything. Well, where are the vendor refreshes? Okay, that's loot-based. Where's the new destination? Uh, that's activity-based. Where where are the new strikes? That's activity-based. You know, I, I don't think it's so one-sided. I do think loot is a huge draw, but I also think people like... There are people that are like, where are the story missions? There are people that want story missions. They want new vendors. Or, or I'm sorry, new uh, new public spaces. They want new destinations. They want new activities. They want new strikes. I don't think it's that one-sided. I think they're kind of trying to do all of it. They want you to feel like there is something new going on with the story. There is something new to do. There is some new place to go. And there's new loot to chase. It's a multifaceted push. It, they're, they're, this is what I said during Season of Dawn. If a bunch of people are sitting at a table and you really like vegetables and I really like meat and this person next to me really likes dessert and that person over there really really likes uh, I don't know uh, fish okay it's almost like they're coming to the table and they're each giving us a small slice of what we like here's a small salad here's a small you know here's a small burger uh, here's a here's a small dessert and you know and here's a and here's like an appetizer with fish right that's what season of dawn felt like 
very very small amount of story missions but the story missions were cool new activity if you wanted a new activity new loot to chase if you wanted new loot new perks if you wanted some new perks right like they were giving like a small slice to everybody yeah like tapas instead of saying oh you that want story missions yeah here's six story missions okay but the rest of us are like well wait a minute wait a minute what about the activity? Well, we didn't really, we couldn't really do the activity because we did the story mission. So you get six story missions, and then the activity is basically you going into strikes. And you're like, wait, I don't what? Like, think about what season of the um, Curse of Osiris was like. That's what Curse of Osiris was like. They gave you some new strikes and some new destinations, but then the primary grind was what? Grinding public events and strikes for a currency to forge weapons. You see, it's like, well, it was heavy on one side and because it was heavy on one side, it was light on the other. So seasonal content's trying to kind of do all of it. Some story, some activity, some new place to go, some loot. Like they're kind of doing, they're kind of trying to spin all those plates. So everybody has something to eat instead of you feeling like, well, that guy got a feast and I got nothing. I got an appetizer. I got a crust of bread. So I... Is this the way forward? I I don't know. I feel like anytime you try to appeal to one of those people, you're going to have many, you're going to have more leave. If all four people stay at the table, then you've won. If one of them leaves, okay. You're guaranteeing multiple to leave if you focus on one of the four or five people at the table. You're almost guaranteeing people to leave if they feel they got literally none of the things that they like. The real say say yourism uh do you think players ten dollar season pass goes towards trials instead of the actual season pass i that's not even a question i can answer the dangler did the sniper nerf help the game in the long term by making players use other weapons or did it hurt the pve base i wasn't using a lot of snipers i don't think the content this season is conducive to snipers anyway everything's right up in your face and bombastic you know whether you're running a bunker legendary lost sector or you're running um the public event the nerf to snipers seemed more relegated and, and related to Grandmaster Nightfall, so I don't know what's coming, but I that's why they did it. At least that's why they said they did it. Do you think that the reason you can fail the Tower Public Event is because it's just that, a public event? You can fail a public event in which it includes Escalation Protocol? I mean, it's possible because it's in the public space, that's why it's failable. Like, they don't want somebody to troll the public space and just basically sit there and it's always active. Like, there might be unforeseen consequences with having a non-failable public event that I haven't considered. It's 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 possible. It's possible that they're saying if you let it be non-failable, then you know, you're you're letting people hijack you're letting people hijack the the public event. And so when you do that, you're like, "Well, now it's I'm I'm wandering into this thing is going on for forever. Now that might be fine because people would wander in and then just complete it. But maybe Bungie, maybe there's a technical problem with that. Maybe there's a an actual technical server matchmaking side of things. It would be problematic if some idiot was AFKing in the area and the public event never failed. Um, now they could have made it incredibly hard to fail they could have just doubled the timer i mean even now that we're all at level it's you know as long as you're moving around i think it's more about to me it's not even about the failure anymore it really isn't 
it's more about the elongation of playtime because of minor mistakes. It's like, great, this is going to take longer now because we got a potato or because somebody tele- some enemy teleported to the plate at the last second. That happened to us numerous times a day. All of a sudden, there's just an enemy, just an ad, just like, poof, appears on the plate. I'm like, what is that? You know, why is that happening? I, I is Isaiah should trials make progress towards glory rank I don't really care Milky since you can now farm ascended shards from the trials flawless chest each weekend should we be able to do this with garden of salvation as well it doesn't make sense why I can only farm them from master nightfalls almost like nightfalls are the real pve pinnacle activity instead of raids here's here's what I would say I don't think raids need to be a source of ascendant shards because to me trials is a trials just feels like a good parallel to nightfall you gotta ha- you gotta make a team you gotta go in and you grind it it's a playlist style activity but you need a fire team for it I think raids should be like a self-contained economy of stuff and I should be able to keep grinding the raid for that stuff rather than the machine being a good example of this so raids should be their own little self-contained economy of I want to get the awesome armor, get the awesome stats, get the awesome mods, get the awesome guns, and you just kind of like you just kind of like let me do that, right? Um I don't know what's going on on Twitch, but we just lost like 300 people. Is is Twitch acting up? Is mobile acting up? What's going on? Um I've been noticing that recently. Uh, Twitch is kind of bugging out again. Uh I saw that uh l- over the weekend. Um, I wasn't even streaming, not even when I was streaming. Uh, yeah, so for, for that, for that, that would be my, that'd be my answer. I don't know if you want to take the, the currency grind of nightfalls and the currency grind of like trials and also throw that into raids. What I would extrapolate from raids is... I'm sorry, what I would extrapolate from Trials is, oh, you can keep running Trials for loot. You can keep running Raids for loot. All good? There we go. We're back to the normal view count. I don't know what the frick that was. Um, Would that hurt it, though? Well, of course it would, Milky. Wouldn't you argue that it's easier to take six people and just farm a raid over and over and over again? I mean, and and Harry already made the point. How would you do it? Because you could just farm the final boss checkpoint over and over and over and over and over and over again. That's way faster than a nightfall. You're invalidating the entire nightfall grind as it exists. Now, Trials doesn't do that because Trials is its own aspirational grind on the other side of the game. You put that in a raid, and I think that there'd be a lot of problems that could come from it. I don't know. I mean, maybe this could come from an NPC, though. A raid NPC with a weekly bounty, and then the weekly bounty could... The weekly bounty could reward an ascended shard or something? I don't know. Only from completions of the raid? I don't know. 400 people just joined? Well, 400 people didn't just join. We had 1,400 viewers. All of a sudden, we had 1,000, and also we bounced back. I have been. I was watching that happen all weekend on not just my stream, but on many streams. Like... Not sure what's going on on Twitch. Domo, whatever happened to the start of Shadowkeep and the ending cutscene? Are we ever going to fill that story? I think what's happening with Eris is like an undercurrent story 
that'll be brought more to fruition uh, in September. Jo- 89 Joker, is Trials here to stay? Yes. If so, why can we only earn the Triumph Seal this season only? They're changing that. Wishful thinking. What do you think about Iron Banner armor being repeated? It's a free event. It's not a front burner issue. It's not what drives sales, so it's not prioritized. Sorry. It doesn't generate revenue, and that's why it's not getting priority, and I'm fine with that. Birdbro TV, is there any substantive info on what Guardian Games will be? I know you're against the idea of SRL. Yep. Because it would be a waste of bandwidth. Yep. With so much that needs attention. You can't say with a straight face that Bungie should make SRL. You simply can't. I'm sorry. If if Dylan is going to come to the forums and say, we couldn't do ritual weapons, there's only so much we can do in a given season, and Trials weapons took precedence. Okay? So, when he says that, how could you ever say with a straight face that Bungie should dedicate time and bandwidth to Sparrow Racing League? Any bandwidth and time spent developing that is going to get taken away from something else. It'd be mo- it, it would be more worth it for them to allocate bandwidth to Gambit. Yes, I said it. To Gambit. Because Gambit garners over 200,000 players a day. You would get better, you'd be better spent your bandwidth and your time and resources on reinvigorating freaking Gambit than building Sparrow Racing League. Sparrow, like, go back in time. Those race courses were humongous. They're huge. You want them to build all that space, do all that, and and w- why though? Why? A month later, no one gives a crap. There's no depth to it. It's driving in a circle. It's it's Destiny NASCAR. I know it was fun. I know it was fun. I'm not denying that it was fun. I liked it. It was a change of pace. But the game is not at a place where you can be like, yeah, let's just throw away bandwidth and development on Sparrow Racing League, a totally frivolous, chintzy, <laughs> running in a circle activity that doesn't have any substance or grind. I put the races in public spaces. Uh, If there's a way for them to do it in existing areas like public spaces, I'd be fine with it. I'd be fine with it. You know, if they can put it in the public spaces and it doesn't require a bunch of bandwidth and a bunch of new development, I don't know. It sounds more enjoyable than the last three menagerie we've gotten. I completely disagree with you, Flame. They... this is destiny man like people that want space battles people that want srl man just stop like we're confusing our message here we want grind we want loot we want activities we want an action mmo experience not destiny nascar (laughs) eric did you know that if you uppercut a fallen captain with a sword he bends over and does not teleport um I mean, are you stunning him with overload? Maybe that's why. Are, are you actually stunning him? I mean, I know sometimes when you hit them with swords, a lot of these guys can't, uh, they actually can't teleport. A lot of their things can't, they can't do like their thing. So maybe that's what's happening. You're just stun locking him. Just enough. Do we know how to get all of the Warmind mods? Seems like only a few drop from the Earth public events. I did uh, probably future for uh, future bunkers would be my guess. Uh, Dangler, what would you say if Flawless Trials teams were only matched against other Flawless teams to prevent token farming? The first few games, 
this was suggested the first weekend as well because somebody was like dude I was on my second game and I faced some stacked team that was on like their 18th flawless run okay I get what that feels like okay I do I get what that feels like they're on like their 20th run they're just flying through the card and they're running over your face okay here's the challenge and the dilemma with what would happen if I even gave you an inch on what you're asking for. All this is is uh, you're trying to smuggle in skill-based matchmaking. That's all you're trying to do. Okay? You may not think that, but that's what you're doing. You're trying to smuggle in skill-based matchmaking that would hurt the playlist. Now, now listen to me. I think the bottom half of the card needs protected from this nonsense. I'm never I'm not going to get mad at these guys that did this. It's on Bungie to create good incentive lanes so they don't do something this divergent. Farming the bottom half of the card is not good for the playlist, okay? But that doesn't mean we smuggle in skill-based matchmaking and hurt the playlist even more. It's it's almost like the the hardcore players are damaging the player are damaging the playlist. Undeniable. Keep in mind, I'm not telling them to stop. Bungie should be like, whoa, why are they doing this? Oh, there's no there's no targeted farm loot incentive in trials. We need to give them one. We should have thought about this because now people are playing in a divergent way and they're hurting the play they're hurting the playlist. We don't respond to somebody hurting the playlist by also hurting the playlist. Like, well, we don't want this to happen, so we better put in skill-based matchmaking. Um again, I resonate and understand how much of a bummer it is to be trying to win at trials and you run into little Sonic, Lumi, and Vince and they're on their 15th flawless card and they just run over you. Like, And they're, they're not mean about it, but I mean, they just leave you in their dust. You're like, do I really have to play those guys? Gee, many freaking Christmas. I've got, gotten flawless once and I keep facing those guys. Now, maybe, maybe we could flip this on its head and if a team hasn't gone flawless by, I don't know, midday Saturday, there is some sort of a maybe a boot camp for the first couple of games. So like you are maybe slightly protected. I don't know. I, again, as soon as I talk about it, I'm like, ah, this sounds bad. It's it's gonna hurt the playlist. It's gonna hurt. It's gonna hurt. Uh, it's it's gonna hurt matchmaking. I followed to talk about bunkers. I talk about all of Destiny. Like, if you're only going to follow a channel because they're only going to talk about one thing, Twitch ain't for you, my friend. I'm not going to play to your fiddle. And second, I'm not going to talk about the exact... I'm not going to talk about bunkers for an hour. There's other things in Destiny to talk about. It's called Q&A, not do everything that Radium Skull wants. So to me, it's like... The playlist works if everybody's trying to go flawless. I think the playlist got corrupted this weekend in a very very specific way it got, I think it just got corrupted in a very very specific way everybody was grinding for the shotgun now over time that should go away and then of course you're going to have to face the fact that like yeah if you face those guys and they're on game 1, 2, or 3 you might have to face them right it's called bunker discussion though dude sorry to demand things of you yeah, it's called Bunker's Discussion as, like, the main thing that we were talking about, but now we're in Q&A. Maybe you're new here. Do you have any idea how silly it would be for me to be like, guys, please only submit questions about Bunker's. What would we get, like, ten questions? And then we'd exhaust everything there is to say about Bunker's? That wouldn't be a very good Q&A session. Come on. I did my ten-minute talk about Bunker's, and now I'm doing Q&A. You know? 
in any case the playlist will function best when the passage cards and the tokens and the bounties are working for the bottom to mid lane players okay i think that rhythm hit a wall this week and it was stack teams grinding shotgun stack teams grinding for the shotgun boom 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 you're like this is the what is this what is happening I, the danger the danger of the player base doing what they've done is I, next week people will be like I'm not playing that was friggin terrible we just got steamrolled I couldn't even get any tokens or I couldn't even get any bounties completed uh, Skyrim Mage thoughts on Warmind Cell mods only being compatible to only this season's weapons you think they'll be obsolete next season well here's the thing for now, you can always use those weapons in those armor sets. So you could save, and, and, and keep in mind, the Warmind Cell mods will work on the summer season armor. Right? How many people... I'm running a Wendigo, dude. I've been I've been running a Wendigo. What are you talking about? It's not... You go into next season, I'm, I was running a breakneck today. You can run... I run old weapons all the time. So conceivably, in September and even in the summer, you could be running these Seraph weapons and generating Warmind cells because you still feel like they're worth generating. Um, you know? And that gives every season its own thematic feel. I think that's a cool... That, I think that's a totally cool uh, thing to do to give you like this, oh, hey, let's... This season we have this weapon. This season we have this weapon. This season we have this theme. We have these mods. We have these cool things on armor. Um, you know... Uh, Sir D says, do you want it with voice audio or without? Without might be best. TBH. Gonna get some top 10. Uh, gotcha. Thanks. So it doesn't look like any Drewski, Drewski cami insides are a no-go today. They're probably gonna continue farming for the shotgun. Uh, I appreciate their feedback for, um, uh, for whether or not I should cover them today on split screen. Looks like they're going to be doing more uh, more shotgun farming, which is totally fine. Um, so just waiting for uh, we're just waiting for Glad and Frost to get on because we're going to be covering them today on uh, on split screen. Uh, they usually get on around reset, so it should be very soon. Sneak Meister, to save resources as a temporary solution, do you think it would be better to keep the 20 token engram as random and be able to purchase any previously obtained item for 30 or 40? Wouldn't any solution stop cards from feeling inverted from all the sweats being at the start? Um, I kind of liked my idea of going flawless and getting a frame token or, or getting like two or three frame tokens. So, like, once you get the shotgun, the shotgun frame should unlock, okay? And then if you go flawless, you get three tokens for that frame. So you just keep going flawless, and then once you have, like, you know, and then you're buying those frames and working on them while playing and going flawless again. What it, I mean, that to me seems like a pretty good turnover rate. Every time you go flawless, you get three chances at the shotgun, maybe two maybe I need to tone it down to two if in any case I'm just trying to incentivize people to go flawless and you're like now wait a minute I can't go flawless oh okay I I don't know 
maybe the token, maybe the frame token has a chance to drop at three and five, but you get a guaranteed three. You know, I'd rather just farm with tokens. No, the, the hardcore teams aren't going to do that. They know they can go flawless. Getting three shotguns every flawless. I don't know. People were having really bad luck with the tokens and Okurama. Keep in mind, the more weapons you get as, as the season goes on, the token farm is going to get worse and worse and worse because you're going to have way more things that can pop out. Frame, a, a, a frame system would be significantly better, especially in a couple of weeks. Because you're going to go turn in tokens, and you're going to be able to get the shotgun, the fusion, the auto rifle, the scout. Like there's going to be so many things in the in the pool, and the armor. Right? Can't the armor also drop? It's yeah. It's it's. I don't. I don't think that. Um, I don't think that would work. I I think ultimately, token farming will go away. I I think token farming will ultimately go away, but they also need to consider giving people an intentional route to grind I don't think there's anything wrong with that especially with the auto rifle and the shotgun being coveted weapons they did a good job they made weapons that are coveted now give us a way to chase them easy fix says light leap have the card of wealth drop more tokens for each win on the card and when every win with a full ticket continues the next max amount of tokens yeah maybe maybe but again it's six of one half a dozen the other isn't it light leap if they can win four games quickly and reset four games quickly and reset they're risking winning games five, six, and seven. They're gu- they're almost teams at this skill level are almost guaranteed to win one through four. Even with your system, I still think they'd go one through four reset, one through four reset, one through four reset because they're just going to be like it's faster. You know, games five, six, and seven, we might run against a team that's tough, and then we lose, and then we lose tokens, we lose time, our efficiency grind goes down. Moroi. Think there'd be any any more special ammo archetype weapons in the game? I think our choices are very limited with uh, shotgun, sniper, fusion, grenade. I think more fusions would be great because rapid fusions feel really good. Linear trace rifle, uh, I'm sorry, uh, legendary trace rifles would be good. Uh, you know, and, and snipers could use some love. I don't know if you could give them utility. Going back to what we said though, if I could run a sniper and I could run um. What do we called them? Oppressive rounds. I run oppressive rounds. I shoot a captain, and now he can't teleport because I shot him with an oppressive round. I shoot a, uh, a servitor with an oppressive round. He can't use his tether. So suddenly snipers have utility. Suddenly snipers have purpose. You know? That would be, you know that would be a great way to bring snipers into the forefront instead of making it feel like well snipers are kind of nerfed everything's kind of bombastic snipers really don't have any play snipers are you know they they, not only did they get nerfed but they're they're just there's no footing they have no footing snipers could be given utility that'd be a great way fusion rifles could be given utility give fusion rifles a um trying to think Give them overload. That would work. Oh man, this teleporting captain. Let me boom. You hit him and he gets stunned. Or give him unstoppable. You know, a fully charged, a fully charged fusion shot. If you if you land all the bolts on the enemy, you know, or maybe just wait for the little the little glow charge. I don't know. They could give those weapons more utility, big time. Ashen Hollow, real quick. Why would skill-based matchmaking, skill-based matchmaking not work in trials? Even soft skill-based matchmaking where it's prioritized below connection. Oh man, I'm so tired of talking about skill-based matchmaking. It's bad. Like, I, like, 
anytime skill-based matchmaking comes up there's two types of people there's people that understand how bad it is and there's people that don't (laughs) um i it doesn't it just doesn't work it doesn't work every game they've tried to implement it into it causes frustration and listen i always always go to fortnite as my example they added skill-based matchmaking to Fortnite, and do you know who gets hurt the worst by it? Mid to above average players. Players like me. I don't want to play Fortnite. Why? If I play with my buddies who are a lot better than me, it's terrible. If I play with my brother and nephews and we win a couple games, it becomes terrible. Like, I am not good enough to overcome the hump of like, oh man, you're doing well, here's a bunch of really good players. And so, I have a terrible, I have a terrible experience. I just hard base is essentially skill-based matchmaking yet people defend it any connection outside of connection-based matchmaking is bad well no 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 no. card base is not skill-based matchmaking no card based is essentially connection plus almost like a tournament bracket okay you won one, two, three, four, five, six. Oh wow, you're all the way at the end of the bracket. Let's find people at the end of the bracket who have your connection. Skill-based matchmaking says, you're doing really well right now. Here's somebody with similar stats. And maybe you had a good game. Maybe you faced potatoes. Maybe you and your buddies are on a tear. Skill-based matchmaking also corrupts it because if I'm playing with Lumi and Lil Sonic, I'm going to constantly face people that are at their skill level. And I'm not going to want to play with my buddies because I'm going to have to play against people that are well outside of my league, discouraging me from playing with somebody who's better than me, busting up fire teams. Skill-based matchmaking is not even close to being card-based. Card-based is nothing like it at all card base is based off of where you are on the card at that given particular time not based on how good the teammates you're playing with are their kill death their efficiency their win ratio none of that crap i i could face a mediocre team on win six or seven why because they got there it's it's not like well you're on win six or seven but we really need to find people with efficiencies of 4.0 3.0 2.0 whatever.0 and a win streak of 19 Skill-based matchmaking makes it to where you don't want to play with people that are better than in, be, better than you. It corrupts connection times because it's constantly trying to find people at your skill level. There are no mediocre teams that win six and seven. Completely untrue and false. Provably false. Wrong. Incorrect. I'm, I'm, I'm running out of words. That's not true. There's plenty of mediocre teams at six and seven. I've seen it. We, we've all seen it. How many times do you watch people run and they get to, they get to, they get to win six? They play against a team that's goofing around. They're not even that good. It happens all the time. There are plenty of people that get to win six that are not amazing. They can easily get there on a mercy. Are you kidding me? I've seen plenty of mediocre average teams at win six. A hundred percent. It's since D1 I've seen that. It, like... It's not it's not skill-based matchmaking. It's not even close. It's completely and utterly different. It's almost it's bracket-based. You're basing it off of watching Lumi? No. I've watched plenty of people play that are not the G1 boys. Not at all. I dude, I played with guys in D1. I played with guys from the community and there were times where we went flawless and it was like the last team wasn't even a challenge. They're like, oh, these guys aren't any good. They would check their stats. They'd be like, oh, yeah, these guys aren't any good. 
And I was playing with guys that were good, but I wasn't playing with, I was not playing with BSK. I wasn't playing with, with the high level guys. I was playing with guys from the community that were pretty proficient. Zero says, that's how my flawless was this week. Games four and five were harder than six and seven. Getting to six is easy with two losses. That's the other thing you have to consider, Eugene. There are plenty of people that are going to get to that level that are le- that, that literally don't care about going flawless. You could literally get to game six with two losses on your card, and they've burned their mercy. They've actually lost three games. There's plenty of teams like that. I haven't had any uh, easy five, six, and seven wins. I'm just, listen, I'm just telling you, with the bounty system and the passage system and the token system, I believe that there are plenty of people. Now, is it normative? No, certainly not. It's not supposed to be that way. You should get the games five and six, and if it works as it should, you should be facing teams that are more competent and more skilled. It's a, it's, it's a natural crescendo to the card, but it's not skill-based matchmaking. It's completely and utterly different. Skill-based matchmaking is why playing with Travis and his buddy the other night when we played and I was drinking and we were playing comp, it was it was awful. It was awful. It was like I couldn't we got to a point where I couldn't do anything. There are no mediocre teams in trials right now. What? Like I, here's the thing. Eugene, I love you, but you speak in absolutes that literally can't be proven. Like, you're literally saying something that, like, I read it and I just know that it's false. You might as well be, you might as well be like, cats actually have nine lives. What the frick? No, they don't. Every, every team I've cast, every weekend of trials, it, it, they're, they're, they're literally playing teammates that are emoting and running around and goofing. I don't know. I DTR every match. I don't even know what that means. I Destiny Trials report every match. Teams are either just trash, uh, just trying to get to three wins or sweats. Oh, so you're saying there's no mid lane players. You're saying it's either God or trash. There's nothing in between is what you're saying. I just don't think you can substantiate that claim. I, I don't know. I've seen plenty of skilled teams over the weekends play against teams that do decent, know what they're doing, but ultimately lose. And they're not trash and just running around looking stupid. Like, I don't know. I just, I don't think you can substantiate your claim at all. I really don't. There's way too many people playing. There's over 300,000 people have played trials. Now, maybe, maybe by the time you get to Monday, yes, maybe most of the casuals in mid lanes have left the player pool. That might have to do with everything we've talked about. The sweats farming the bottom half of the card, anomaly not translating well into D2's current meta and speed. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. there, there, There definitely could be... There could be other factors leading to you seeing, like, a sharp trend of really bad teams and really good teams and not a lot in between right but i don't know i it's also we're also looking at monday after a weekend of i would say troublesome trends i would call them troublesome trends the maps not playing that well in d2 uh hard light uh sweaty teams farming the bottom half of the card uh shotgun rushing uh <laughs> like these are all things that likely have maybe shoved the more casual players out of the player base I'm sorry, more mid lane players that are like, well, we might be able to get wins three or five. And maybe they've all walked away. 
Because they're like, ah, it's just too hard right now, and the trash doesn't care. Because they're like, ah, oh, they're just having fun or token farming. They don't care if they lose. And then the sweats are all hanging out in games one through four. I think the sweats farming the card is BS. I I was concerned it was going to be a thing. I don't know why Bungie didn't kind of foresee it and come up with some way to like incentivize people to not do it. It'll go away with time, but it certainly was a factor this weekend, and I probably hurt the player pool, which ultimately might be leading to trends that Eugene's talking about. Like, you know, if you look up the stats, it's either trash or gods. Um, Hawk147. What do you think about Trials connection? There are so many disconnects just before a match. That actually has nothing to do with Trials. I have that problem going into legendary law sectors with my friends. There's all kind of nonsense going in the game right now. There are things you can do to to maybe help a little bit. There's port forwarding guides now. There's new ports you have to open because they change things in the background with Steam especially. People are saying they're doing that and still experiencing problems. The Dangler. What are the token donation minimum every time you claim the reward? Oh, increased. Would this deter long-term farming? No, it might make it worse. My wife literally filled this water to the absolute top. I slightly tipped it, and I just spilled water down the front of me. <laughs> she, There's a big difference between my wife and I, so I'm not angry. It's actually comical. Um, she is a huge fan of drinking water. And she always teases me about not filling her water enough. Um, and she just filled mine to the absolute brim. Holy moly. I wanted to sneak a quick drink, and I slightly tipped the bottle, and it went right down the front of me. <laughs> it's an ongoing uh, marriage joke where I don't fill her water enough. She's like, what is this? Why is there an inch not at the top? I'm like, what do you mean? It's filled. I filled it. I filled it up. It's not all the way filled, but it's filled. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> dang it Dupless uh, with the next question do you still think that the leveling system needs to be changed from what it currently is even though there's still a few people who are arguing for it um, I said this the other day I said I, I think that one of the worst uh, one of the worst avenues of input this game has received over the years has been the the hardcore streamer sentimentality about leveling I love my fellow streamers, but I think their input about infusion and leveling has been awful and unhelpful, and I've fought against it for multiple years now. I got my way in a lot of ways when Shadowkeep launched. I felt a little sense of pride and victory when Shadowkeep launched. Um, Whoops, I clicked out. I argued for a lot of the changes we got. Uh, a streamlined version of leveling, a raised soft cap to make blues and, and purples more valuable while you're playing, um, uh, infusion pain being lessened. All the things I spent, you know, Forsaken was what, year two? I spent all of year two arguing for a lot of what we got in year three, and I... I I take some pride in that because I was not arguing for myself. I was arguing for the user. It doesn't hurt me. The leveling during Forsaken and Drifter and Forge and Opulence, it didn't hurt me. I'm Destiny Rich. I can play every day. I'm a streamer. So I was never arguing for myself. I saw it as an improvement for the player base experience uh, at large. And so I continue to say that the streamer hardcore mentality about leveling and infusion is the is probably some of the worst input that that Bungie gets. I hope they continue to ignore it, um, because it's not hard to look at the facts and the stats and see that hardcore players override the leveling no matter what the frick you do, because 
they can. And so in light of that, you can't feed them. There, you're, you're never going to feed a hardcore streamer a long enough leveling grind. You simply won't. If you feed them a leveling grind that lasts a month, you just put everybody else on a treadmill that'll feel like it takes forever. Um, you know, I, I do not I do not think that input is is valid anymore. I think it has continued to lose its footing and its legs. All you have to do is look at the pattern of the game. Surge bounties, Shadowkeep took all leveling and softened it, made it super easy, super streamlined. Um, they continue to raise the soft cap. You know, it's 950 now. Um, it, anybody who thinks leveling should be slow and painful, you've lost the war. You just don't realize it yet. Okay, stop fighting about that. Fight about something that's more important, like truly aspirational rewards or truly challenging content that's not a stack of negative modifiers. Um, you know, you've lost the war. I'm sorry. With love in my heart to my fellow streamers that think you know leveling should be slow and arduous and painful and costly, you've lost. Okay, the fight's over give up and fight for something else now use your energies and your your videos and your platform to argue for more dynamic challenging content don't just stack all the negative modifiers give us truly aspirational loot to chase give us truly you know excellent weapons in the raid and cool new perks like argue for things that are worthwhile not leveling that lasts for a week um that's my charge always to my fellow streamers and fellow hardcore players is stop arguing for pain points that don't affect you and last for such a short amount of time and ends up hurting the rest of the player base. Argue for things for us to chase and do that are more uh, end game and aspirationally driven as opposed to leveling. Like it just isn't, it is not, it is not that important. It just isn't. TX Blue, do you think daily bunker bounties are too rewarding? I've just been doing daily bunker bounties and I have enough tokens to max IO already. Uh, I would say that if you already have enough to max out the next one, you are anomalous and they should not legislate the game for you. Uh, Fenry, I had heard you come up with good ideas on stream multiple times and I think I would love that. How much do you think Bungie D actually listens to content creators as opposed to the masses on the forums? They, they listen to everybody, okay? They listen to everybody, but uh, I'm almost at the enough tokens for the next one. You need like what, like 30, 3,100 or 3,500 to max the next bunker? I'm already at 2,800. It's not that hard. Um, just grind the bounties every single day. Your weeklies, your dailies, your repeatables. Um, so they listen to everybody. I think Bungie's learning to parse input with player behavior. So I'm going to get, I'm going to just, let's just track the history streamers go to Bungie they say escalation protocol is too easy Bungie raises it everybody complains the only people that were beating it with three man fire teams were cheesing it so Bungie's like ooh it's too hard right so that's bad player feedback uh, made in a vacuum and it then was not well received by the player base infusion should be costly it should be a choice okay great awesome that ends up being bad feedback because it becomes too painful for people to even use the loot that they want to they spend all of year two complaining about it Bungie completely eradicates infusion as a pain point like you get infusion you get upgrade modules in the season pass for free you don't have to pay to get those and they're they're super dirt cheap from the gunsmith like if the infusion cost that used to cost to infuse is actually higher than what it costs to buy an upgrade module okay so that's been removed um the day one uh, bunker being really, really hard and high power level. That's something the hardcore players would defend, and that got lowered. Uh, le- you know, leveling leveling being slow and arduous and painful. That has been eradicated from the game. Like, th- 
so sometimes what ends up happening is is people provide feedback and then their player behavior is at odds with their feedback and the examples I could give are like oh leveling should be slow and painful and they're freaking max level two weeks later what the frick are you talking about that wasn't slow or painful for you the infusion should be costly for who as you sit atop your your Scrooge McDuck collection of resources and nothing touches you no pain points can reach you like it should be painful for who like what the, the poppers below you what are you talking about like that right there is it's feedback that is out of sync with their behavior in the game it i i complained like crazy about the skeleton key grind in d1 but i kept engaging with it right you have to parse feedback with behavior the two have to come together and say now lono's complaining about the skeleton key grind but he continues to engage with it so what should we do well we should parse his feedback through the behavior he likes the grind he likes the targeted farm but he doesn't like the layers of rng how can we make a targeted farm more enjoyable for a player like that so I think more and more they're going to have to do that they're going to have to say okay players are asking for X, Y, and Z how can we give them that without it disrupting player behavior which is what happened in year 2 and people dug their heels in on leveling and infusion and once they realized the community at large did not agree with them their chats and their twitter feeds and their youtube feeds were full of people saying I'm not playing because of this they finally dialed it back it was like well okay this isn't working <laughs> this isn't doing what it's supposed to do and to be and to be fair like I'm not blaming streamers Streamers simply say what they think, and then Bungie acts on it. I don't necessarily think the execution of leveling and infusion in year two, you can't like lay that at the foot of streamers. They were like, ah, we think it should be kind of costly. It should be kind of slow. It should be meaningful. And Bungie's like, okay, let's do this. And ultimately they defend the execution because it was based on their idea. It's not that the idea is wrong. The execution was kind of, eh, you know what I mean? Trending on Destiny the game, 65% fewer players reach three wins in trials this weekend. Yeah, everybody's farming for the shotgun and brutalizing the bottom half of the card. I it's why call it's why casting games on Friday was so unenjoyable because we kept running into teams. Well, not we kept running into teams. We ran into a team that was doing that, and I was like, I don't want to cast this. Like <laughs> I don't want to cast you beating up the bottom half of the card. You're an excellent player. I want to see you do something awesome. Not not beat up <laughs> not beat up lower skilled players in games 1 through 3. Humanoid. What are your thoughts on support for mods on exotic weapons? Perhaps it was solely relegated to the champion related mod. Yeah, I, my thoughts on this is it needs to be expanded to exotics. Exotics are getting sidelined if they don't have an intrinsic champion perk, and that's kind of stupid. So, a little psycho. This weekend, my first round in trials, I got matched against Cami Cakes and Drewski and Sides. We got wiped and matched several times in the first car with flawless emblems. My question is why have those players matched players of their own skill level? Well, because skill based matchmaking doesn't exist in trials, and it shouldn't exist, but Cami, Drewski, and Sides were farming for the shotgun, so unfortunately you got caught in their wake and they and what i'm saying again for for perfect clarity on this because people love to clip snipe and create drama i have no problem with them doing that bungie needs to think about incentivization it's it's you can't fault a player for being like now wait a minute i can have easy wins good token turnover rate and i can farm for the best shotgun in the game hmm 
this is a really hard choice. What am I going to do? Like, of course they're going to do that, right? Of course they're going to do that. It's going to be, it's the best shotgun in the game presently. To a certain extent, if they don't do that, they're going to regret it, right? Because then the next weekend, they're going to run into all these people with God roll shotguns from trials. And be like, oh, I wish we would have grinded for that. You know? Uh, Zen. Would the token farm be better off if you only receive the rewards you've unlocked for the week uh, the rewards were active? I don't know, Zen. Like, I don't want to get down too in the like in the microcosm of like, well, they should do this, tweak this, limit this, fence this off, and, and put a bumper here. I I would just think put something in the flawless chest that says what you're doing right now is inferior. Oh, you want the shotgun? You're trying to get a god roll on the shotgun? Yeah, going flawless is the best way to do that. We don't have adept weapons, but there's a really good grind if you go flawless. I think that's what you do. You set you you basically make them take their eyes off the microcosm. Well, if we do this and we do that, if we go to game four and we leave and we do these bounties and we do that, then we go to game five and leave. Like, don't give them Da Vinci Code lanes of like how can we maximize our drops? Be like, no, the absolute most efficient way to grind for the shotgun is to go flawless. No question. Like, don't even give them this like abacus slider to figure out if we do this and this and get these tokens or whatever. No, 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 no. Take their eyes and set them on the, set them on the lighthouse. That's where you want to go. If you want this shotgun god roll, that's where you go. And people are like, well, that's not fair to people that don't go flawless. Shut the frick up. <laughs> like, you know, if you want the best grind, go flawless. If you want the best stuff, go flawless. Now, they've made it to where you can get the shotgun. You can get tokens. You can get loot without going flawless. That's a good system. You know? It, it, it set their eyes on flawless is the answer to this problem we don't have to get super complicated well it should get exponentially more expensive or this or that or blah 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 no 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 no. not that these ideas are bad but these ideas are ultimately not a big picture solution the big picture solution is to be like if you want to farm for fill in the blank weapon in trials because there's a role that you want auto rifle shotgun whatever the sniper's up next isn't it go flawless that is the best course of action to take to be fair to Bungie, they created a passage that gives bonus tokens based on how many wins you got. The actual best way to farm for the shotgun would be to use that passage and try to go flawless as much as possible, and then token bash the different character that only had the three wins. It seems as though these PvP teams don't even understand how Trials actually works. Well, no, hang on, Brock. Hang on, Brock. That's that's from Brock Kelly in chat. If they were to do that, they would have expanded their loot pool and subsequently made it harder to get the shotgun because they would have gotten loot at 5 and then loot at Flawless, expanding their loot pool and subsequently hurting the token farm. That's how I understand it. That's why they stayed low, low win. I actually said that was going to happen in my video before Trials even launched. I said people might do this. They might be like, well, I, I got the hand cannon. That's all I really want. I'm going to farm the bottom half of the card and just token slam for the hand cannon because I only get what's in the... I, I only get from the token farm what I've already gotten. I've missed some subs. Dang it. Six months from Doppler, man. HBK Wolf with four months. Love the stream. Wanted to let you know how much you mean to everyone in the community. You inspire so many people, to, uh, and me included. I started uh, streaming because of you, and streaming has been... I, I'm, I'm, I, thank you. I don't want to read the rest of it. 16 months. It's just too long. 16 months from J. Chris. That's a tier two. Six months from Justin. That's half a year. 12 months from Smiggin McBuns. That's a red badge. Um, loot pool isn't character-based when it comes to weapons. 
The wealth, he's wrong. The wealth passage gives you as many tokens per win, one, as per seven at the moment. It doesn't give more tokens at Flawless. Isn't it, su- isn't it supposed to do that? I thought you were supposed to get more tokens. His read of it is right. You should get more tokens running wealth and going flawless. That's the whole point of the passage, isn't it? <laughs> to increase your token earn rate. The flaw in his logic, the flaw was you're actually going to expand your loot pool and subsequently make it harder on yourself to get the items that you want. So I don't know. I, that doesn't make any sense that it's doing that. Um, I would think that they would they would want. I think they would want that to work properly. Oh, that's the XP card. Oh, well, what the frick is the point of the token card then? You get more tokens for a win and a loss. It doesn't increase if you go flawless for the passage. It's not efficient to go flawless, which you should reset it. Right, yeah. Okay, so I misunderstood how it worked, too. I thought it did work that way. I thought you got more, 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 more. You're saying, no, you just get more, period. So farming the bottom four is the best way to go on that on that passage. Lolling Buddha, love the stream direction. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Lolling Buddha, for 37 months. Here's what we're going to do. That was plenty of questions. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to end Q and a quickly eat and we're going to launch split screen. I don't know when glad and frost are going live. I would think it'd be very soon. Cause we're, we're now almost an hour after reset. And usually that's when glad goes live dash with 40 months. Welcome back. Yo, it's a resub. I miss hearing that. Thank you. Um, so if you're here right now and you've enjoyed this segment, please click follow and turn on notifications. So you don't miss the streams. Also don't go anywhere. We're going to do some split screen trials coverage. It should be really good. Also, the Rageous Roundtable is tonight at 8.30 p.m. Eastern, so be here for that as well. Tons of more content coming to you right now. You don't have to leave, keeping you entertained throughout the day. I know some of you are stuck at home, trying to give you something to do while that's going on. If you're listening elsewhere, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always come in and catch me live as always. Please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be my talk about the bunkers and their role in Season of the Worthy. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live. I'm usually live when these hit the feeds. Come on and hang out in the live stream. If you're looking to listen to these podcasts in audio format, you can look up SNTR Presents on all the podcast platforms to find the past episodes or future episodes. If you're on YouTube, like, share, subscribe, and the bell button helps me out. So, why am I doing the you know a discussion about the bunkers? The bunkers is sort Sort of the the side piece of of the uh, of the season. It's it's kind of like the companion activity. It's it's analogous to the chalice or the obelisks in past seasons. And I think this type of grind is good. And there's definitely things they're getting right. But I definitely want to talk about ways they could improve it because it is very bounty focused. So we're going to talk first about how this is sort of an obelisk chalice 2.0. Then we're going to talk about how it is a little bounty focused. And then I want to end by talking about daily ritual, adding to the daily ritual, something that you're kind of checking in and logging in and doing every single day. Because the bunkers are kind of twofold. There's the grind to level it up, but then there's also the the daily uh, the daily bunker clear that you have to do. So obelisk 2.0 I think the chalice and obelisk grinds are actually really good grinds it's one of the more innovative things they've come up with recently where you're investing in sort of an item that gives you benefits in that season or in that activity or in that loot grind so right now it's very similar in some respects to the uh, to the artifact you know you're playing you're grinding 
using currency as opposed to XP, and that currency is helping you get benefits in the bunker. So if you're down in the bunker and you go up to it, you have all those things you can unlock for the Legendary Law Sectors, the public event, and doing the weapon frames. I think they probably should have streamlined this a little bit, maybe walked you through some of the early steps. You know, when you play through a new game and there's like a tutorial, and they're like, click this, click this, make this, make that. They sort of feed you what you need to do steps A, B, C, and D. So from that point on, you know what the loop is. They kind of failed to do that. I know people are like, we don't need tutorials. People can figure it out on their own. It's kind of like drinking from a fire hose the way they introduce the bunkers. You kind of go down in there, you grab a couple bounties, and you look at there's benefits, there's perks to unlock, there's levels. The levels come from unlocking the perks. Leveling up gives you items. You can max out the bunker. Once you have certain perks, you can summon robots and Valkyries and different activities. The idea is good. Uh, the execution on it could, I think, been a little bit better so people kind of understand what they're actually grinding for. The obelisks and the chalice, I felt, were a little bit better of sort of this soft introduction as, as this overarching piece of the season of something you're going to be doing, especially considering there's another bunker launching tomorrow, March 24th. There's multiple bunkers, there's multiple layers to this grind that'll have you kind of going down in them. I also like the idea of doing something that, you, that, that brings an improvement to the weapon grind, an improvement to your grind and your experience. That idea was good in Sundial as well. You know, the more you invested in the obelisks, the more you invested in your season pass, you got benefits that made your experience better and more fruitful. I think that's good spectrum for casuals and hardcores. If you don't invest on the front end of the season, that's totally fine. You can build as the season goes. But the more hardcore players are going to really front load their season, really max things out so that they're getting better better return on their investment, better turn, you know, return on their time that they put into the game. The other thing that they're doing with the bunkers is they're giving you that sort of daily thing to do every day. You're coming in, you're grabbing the bounties, you're grabbing the dailies, the repeatables. Obviously, the weeklies are only weeklies. And then you have to do that daily bunker bust. We're going to talk about that at the end, though. Next, I want to talk about it being bounty-focused. This is where I think people are making valid criticisms, but we also need to remember that they set the trajectory of the season back when they were building this year out, and they go and they tell their teams, build out your seasons. This is sort of the structure and the idea that we're going for. Luke Smith says in his director's cut, it's too it's too bounty-focused. Running back and forth in a lost sector is not ideal for XP. I also think they're probably going to acknowledge that the bounties in general are not structured in a way that promote team play. I would love to be able to run the public event or the lost sector or strikes or whatever and just grab these bounties from the bunker and be making progress. But aside from going into a lost sector or maybe strikes and constantly changing my weapons, it just doesn't seem to flow well with gameplay. Now, I saw a post on Reddit where somebody said, I just can't play my own way and work on bounties. I got to switch my weapons. We need to be careful we don't fall off into another ditch here where you just grab a bunch of bounties and they just auto-complete because you're playing. There needs to be some level of attentiveness to these. You know, use your primary, use a hand cannon. I think that's fine. But I think that the way that they're structured, you feel like you're competing with your teammates still. That's still a factor. And they added one piece that's good, but they need to go a little bit further. I love the idea that they said you can do things in PvE or PvP. That's a great start. If you're wanting to grind up the bunkers, you're wanting to grind for some of these weapons, you're kind of wanting to work on your season while also playing PvP, no problem. The bounties down in the bunker can be done in both PvE and PvP. They might be a little bit too restrictive. I think one of the ones was like, do this thing in PvE or get linear fusion kills on Guardians. Now, maybe they're very generous. Maybe you only have to get a couple of kills in the Crucible. Maybe it completes faster. 
uh, against Guardians. It might even say that in the text, uh, that it's quicker in PvP. That's good structure, I think, to give people the option. Obviously, it's good also to make it go a little bit faster in PvP because it's a little bit harder to get certain types of kills when you're in the Crucible. But another thing I think they need to add to bounties is you or your fire team. Now, you might not be able to do that in PvP. People in chat are saying it's like one to three kills. That's pretty small. I mean, that's that's a really, really small requirement. I'm having to do a whole lot more in PvE. I think in PvE, though, there could definitely be a you or your fire team get these types of kills in this activity. So then I could just grab the bounties, go into a legendary lost sector. I could be getting the currency from the lost sector, working on the weekly that's doing the lost sector, getting my dailies and repeatables done as well, because I'm not competing with my teammates. What ends up happening is as soon as I'm done with my weeklies that require the public event and the lost sector chest openings, as soon as I'm done with that, I just go back to what we've always been doing. I retreat to a lost sector where no one can steal my kills. And I can hit, you know, rally flags and make sure I've got I'm good to go because I'm switching from a sword to a rocket launcher or what have you. And then, you know, I'm not I'm not not losing ammo. So I think the idea of bounties are good, but like so many other things in the game, I believe that they need tweaked. The weekly and daily aspect of bounties could be executed on in a different way. Let's say you go down in the bunker and it says today your daily objective is this. It's an objective. You just go and run the public event four times or legendary lost sectors or a couple of strikes. While you're doing that, you can also be working on bounties because this is just an objective. There could be a daily objective, a weekly objective. You're logging in, you're doing these things that the bunker's telling you to do and it's not bounty based. It would be more objective based, like a mini mission and something that's more generic like run three strikes, do this, do that. I think that'd be another way to kind of make it not feel so bounty focused and not so better grab bounties and go get in a lost sector. I don't think that's quite the way they want to make things going forward. Now, Luke Smith again said they're going to they're going to try and change some of that with respect to bounties and activities feeling they're almost competing for your attention right now. That is something they want to work on. Lastly, let's talk about daily ritual. Actually clearing the bunker every day, I think is the is a nice beginning to this idea that the seasonal can bring the seasonal content can bring a daily ritual. We, you know, we had the daily heroic missions back in D1. Now we have the, you know, the, the the playlist, the story mission playlist or whatever it's called. I think the bunkers are a good start in that direction. You log in, you do that daily ritual, you do the bunker one time. Once there's multiple bunkers, I think there's even a triumph to clear them all in one day. Shouldn't be too hard, just you're going to want to make sure you're not having them auto-clear. I don't know if that's going to count for the triumph. So you go in, you do the thing, and you get a piece of loot for it. And then the legendary lost sectors are there as another daily ritual. You're kind of running through the daily ritual, you're grabbing your daily bounties. So the bunkers bring something to the season that I think to a certain degree are even better than the public event. I actually don't think the public event's that good. The more I've played it, the more I dislike it. I don't, I don't find it that enjoyable. But I like clearing the bunkers. I think Legendary Lost Sectors have potential. We ran into some things today that I think are frustrating. Ability spam from the champions, and there's a couple of weird spots where, like, the servitor gets dug in, and you can't kill him because he's tethering all the people around him. And they got I think they need to look at ability spam and stomps on, on, the, on the harder, you know, enemies, the champions. They tend to stomp like crazy they tend to spam their abilities like crazy teleporting all over the place that makes for really unenjoyable content but as a concept i like the bunkers we're investing in another obelisk or another chalice 
I, I feel like in a more expanded way, we're not just investing in a chalice or an obelisk that like gives us weapon frames or planetary, you know, planetary material benefits. You're summoning robots. You're calling in the Valkyrie. It's helping you with the content. That robot's great in the public space. It's great in the lost sectors. I think this is a great start to the idea of an action MMO where you're investing in something that makes the content feel more accessible and more fun more doable while also increasing your your weapon grind if you're going for these these weapons the same way we did in you know season of dawn you're, you're gonna gain from investing in the bunker and from investing in your season pass and getting all those things unlocked I also think per character would be nice it's sort of nostalgic to go down into a warmine bunker it's re- it's reminiscent of of some of the things we did in d1 with the bunkers and with the saber strike it'd be nice if it was per character since you do tend to get like an armor drop from clearing it I, I i know per account makes sense in light of the way the bunker functions the bunker is a per account grind which you know you're leveling it up and saving your tokens and not having to do three bunkers you know on three characters so, but I don't know. That's a small quibble, but I think bunkers are another good iteration. I just continue to want to give that feedback so that when we get into year four, if Bungie wants to have this sort of side side rail grind, like an obelisk or a chalice or a bunker, that's great, but some of it needs tweaked to maybe be a little less bounty focused and more to a ritual daily thing that you're doing that's not so hampered down and bounty focused. So we're going to transition to Q&A. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live. As always, please like, share, and subscribe.